everyone, it's Pastor Mike Adkins, and I want to welcome you to Next Steps, where the teaching pastors of Grace Church help you focus on taking a next step in your spiritual life. If you're not listening there already, I invite you to take a moment to download the free Grace app. It's the best place to hear and share messages and to get connected with what's going on here in the life of our church. Just search Grace Church Orlando in your app store or head to discovergrace.com forward slash app to find it. Pastor Clint Harrison and Pastor Grant Nixon and I hope that these podcast conversations will help you take your next step toward Christ. Hey guys, welcome to Next Steps, the podcast that helps you take your next step toward Christ. This is Pastor Mike, and guess what? Pastor Clint and Pastor Grant have a wonderful holiday right now. They're hanging out in the in the villages, and they're spending their holiday together. And no, they're really not. Uh, they are home right now. And I'm here with Mallory Gabriel, and very excited to be here. Mallory is a licensed mental health counselor here in Central Florida, and just so happens to work at the Grace Counseling Center as well. So Mallory, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. So glad to be here. Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you here. Well, let me tell. Let me. So, I said that you're a licensed mental health counselor. Tell me what that means, and uh, what qualifies you to be able to sit with other people and give them advice. <laughs> right. So, um, one of those kind of like uh, what a long, strange trip it's been. I guess thing yeah. for me. Uh, <clears throat> started out University of Florida uh, back in the early 2000s. Got my undergrad in psychology, and then after I graduated. Uh, pretty much immediately went and spent two years overseas uh, as a missionary in Africa. That's right. So I was there doing that. Um, it was uh, it was extremely difficult. Um, I thought I was going to be called to be a missionary, and turns <laughs> out that was not— Not the calling. Uh, huh? Yeah, no, not in hey, the cards. Before you, before you continue, um, I actually met you before I met you here at the church— because I'm such a fan of your family's sub shop, Gabriel's Sub Shop in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> That's right. In fact, I just ate a Gabriel's Sub just about an hour ago. No kidding. No kidding. But here's the thing. We used to go there all the time when we were, we were newly married, and we'd see pictures of you on the wall doing African missionary type things. <laughs> your dad was so proud of you. And so uh, I got to see you up on the wall. So I got to see it. I guess participate a little bit in the in the missions process. So it was not so, it was hard, huh? It was very hard. I went into uh, a psychological phenomenon called culture shock pretty uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, about three months into it and never really popped out. So wow. um, yeah, so came back from Africa and... Uh, Went straight into seminary. My wife and I were in were in New Orleans for uh, seminary at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and that was in April of 2005. Now, did you want to be a pastor? Is that why you went to seminary? Or actually, went to get my graduate degree in okay. um, marriage and family counseling. Oh wow! Okay, but uh, Hurricane Katrina had other plans. Oh wow! So that was just a few months after after we had got there, we lost our stuff and moved to Kentucky. You're so. Kidding. No, not at all. It was a great start to the wedding. Good timing, right? Yeah, good good timing. So after spending uh, years just trying to figure out where the Lord was leading us and and is ministry in our in our path and is it not? And um, actually worked at a church for a couple of years, okay. which which was also uh, an experience. But um, <laughs> it usually is. Yeah, <laughs> it usually is. But we had two small babies, and I said, you know what? Uh, we need to be we need to be near family. So we moved back to Orlando. And uh, I, that's where I kind of reconnected with my love for psychology and eventually kind of getting to your original question, got into my graduate program at Palm Beach Atlantic okay. um, here at Mall of Millennia. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Mall of Millennia <laughs> yep, campus. Right, the that's Mall right. of Millennia campus. Yes, that's right. 
So uh, it's a two and a half year program. And then you've got about a two year registered internship. And then after that, you take a big, scary licensure exam. Yeah. And, uh, and you get your license, hopefully, after you pass that on your first try. Well, that's fantastic. That's great. Mallory, thank you for being here. Um, I'm excited. Here's the reason why I wanted to talk to you. I'm excited to be able to maybe prepare some folks going into the holiday season because, you know, it's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And for many people, the holidays are such a wonderful time. It's a time of reconnecting with family, your friends. Um, there's some time off. You get a little bit more margin maybe that, than in your ordinary life. And but the holidays are not always wonderful for some because family's not a refuge. It's not a place of, of, of hope. It's not a safe sure. place. Mm-hmm. So many people actually go into the holidays struggling with depression and anxiety and other kinds of things. Can you speak to maybe like maybe define, if you will, in kind of layman's terms, what is depression and, and what, what brings us into depression as it relates to the holiday season? Right. So um... – Plus the holiday season in 2020. Yeah. Oh, um, gosh. Right. Yeah. So we're all kind of suffering from some kind of an adjustment disorder likely at this point. But then what is it? What is an adjustment disorder? Right. So an adjustment disorder is kind of like it sounds. It's just uh, going through, you know, a difficult situation um, or even going through positive situations like people can can kind of experience that when they start a family or get married. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. It's just uh, it's just going through a a time of adjustment where you're struggling to find that adjustment. You yeah. can end up with depression and anxiety. It's interesting that you say that because when I was talking with uh, some of our staff, key staff members here at the church, I was saying that right now, especially in this COVID world that we live in where everything's unsure and we're not really sure what the next thing is, the, 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 next, the next shoe to drop or whatever, that flexibility of mind and heart was a necessary skill. Like it's the preeminent skill, I would think, right now. And, and that's kind of what you're describing when you're describing an adjustment disorder, that people sometimes struggle to cope and, and strategize with uncertain circumstances. Absolutely, yes. And, and so I think at some level, we've all had to, uh, had to make major adjustments this year. That's right. Um, to varying degrees. But then you look at kind of coming out of quarantine and moving in towards the holidays. And holidays, I think, are supposed to be this time of beautiful stories. Right. Um, you know, you think about the nativity story, you think about the movies we watch during, during Christmas time, you look at, uh, even new years when you're anticipating a new year and new beginnings That's right. and all those, uh, those sort of things. And we have these lofty expectations. And oftentimes I think the reality is that our expectations run into the brokenness in our own lives and in the world around us and our relationships. And we can kind of become disillusioned. Yes. Um, moving in, into the holidays. And then I think also not everybody has had great experiences of the holidays growing up and in the past. Right. And there's a lot of hurt there. And so um, this time in general can kind of be indicative of that. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because um, <laughs> when Kelly and I first got married, having come from the broken background that I came from, it, holidays were not um, a friendly thing to me. They were not a fun thing. I was having... Uh, Christmas with my dad's latest girlfriend or, you know, Mm. and just with people that I didn't know. And it was just strange and foreign and weird. The concept of family was just not present in my Christmases growing up. And so when I married Kelly, uh, Christmas was just not on the radar for me. It was something that I could have really actually just done without. But for her, it was a time of family. And so you have these two colliding sets of expectations. You've got you got my background that's filled with this dysfunction and Kelly's background that was filled with these beautiful memories of Christmas. And and I remember the first Christmas, she said, what are we going to do for Christmas? It's going to be so amazing. And I'm like, I don't have any, I don't know. 
you know, I'm just like disinterested. Yeah. And, and, and I said, I'm not really a big Christmas fan. And Kelly goes, Hey, you know, I love you. Right. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> she goes, you know, I love you, but this has got to change. You know, she, she yeah. said, she said, you have to like Christmas and by God's grace over the subsequent years, I changed and now I am a massive fan of Christmas, but not everybody gets there. No, no, I, I yeah, I'm actually, I, I'm interested to hear what you did. Was it kind of creating some <laughs> of your own traditions or? Oh man, we did all kinds of things. We absolutely have traditions. We have certain things because my wife is such a Disney fan. We went from, uh, I love how this turned around, uh, me interviewing you and all of a sudden now you're interviewing me. That was, that was very counselor like. <laughs> <laughs> He's over here. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> right. So, so we did. We developed our own traditions. Um, because Kelly loves Disney, we have, you know, and we were super poor when we first got married. We found all kinds of free things that you can do over at Disney. And we just kept doing them over the years. I mean, one of the wonderful traditions that we had with our kids were little because this is Orlando and they never got to see snow. But the Christmas season, whenever you look at pictures, it's all about snow. So we took them to Celebration. Uh, and every oh, year, cool. Celebration has this <laughs> snow scene that comes down. It's this foam that comes down. And all these little kids are running around like it is magic, and the parents are taking pictures. It was great. Yeah, that's pretty. So cool. we did have to we did have to reinvent some new traditions. So for those people who are kind of going into this season feeling depressed, let's talk about maybe some advice that we can give them. How do you get out of this depression? What do you think? Some of the things you ta- already talked about expectations as one of the causes. How do you? How do we deal with that kind of? depression in the season. Yeah, Mike. So as we look at moving into the holidays, I think going back to stories um, and expectations, I think the holidays are times that we expect to find beauty and hope. I think more specifically, a lot of us are looking for redemption and Mm -hmm. restoration in our own stories. And we want to experience a little bit of that during this time as we get together with family and we kind of take a pause from work and we exchange gifts, and we eat great food. Um, I think so many of us are longing for redemption and restoration in our stories that when we come into the holidays and instead we find busyness and clutter and, you know, ungratefulness in our children and, um, wow, yeah. again, going back to the busyness, I mean, goodness, it seems like from now until the end of January, there's going to be a <laughs> a holiday party every weekend. That's right. And I think we can end up just becoming exhausted. Rather than finding that redemption or restoration that we're looking for, we end up finding a huge need for rest and recovery. And so I think I think as people experience that, it's important, much like you and Kelly did, that we become much more intentional on how we spend our time during the holidays and what we invest in during yeah. the holidays. I, I totally agree. I think I think coming into the holidays with a mindset that there's so much that I want to extract from the holidays, you know, which goes back to your comment earlier on expectations. You know, we walk in with the hope of redemption. We walk in with a hope of maybe even with our families healing, you know, because we have some relationships that are kind of busted up, but then we're forced together and these holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas and maybe even Easter. But when Christmas rolls around, we have all these expectations that are rolling around inside of us. And so at the same time, we have these relational expectations. We also have the situational expectations, like you were just talking about. Man, we're running 100 miles an hour. We've got to get the right presents for the right people at the right time. 
We've got to go to all the parties that we need to go to. We've got oh, social obligations unlike any other time of the year, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think sometimes we find ourselves just in a place of, as you said, just being exhausted and overwhelmed. And you're never in a good place when you're exhausted and overwhelmed to be mentally healthy. So true. And 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 you mentioned uh, relational expectations. I think, again, families are not perfect. Right. Good, goodness. That, that, that's why... <laughs> That, no truer words. <laughs> right. That's that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of why I have um, the the work I do. But family families are not perfect. I mean, we are all we are all you know broken people struggling struggling to find relationship and belonging and love. And a lot of times we find ourselves even you know whether it's our parents or or, or spouses or um, ex spouses or or step parents. I mean, yes. Um, put into situations where we're having to sort of play nice or or like. Uh, Fake it till you make it. Yeah, that's right. Um, with people that we have maybe some rocky history with. Uh, Just trying to make peace to get through the season. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Which is never, I mean, it's not authentic. It's not real. Right. It's almost like a suppression of our emotions. Yeah, so I think some, I, I do think sometimes when um, when that happens, you know, I think it was Carl Jung, actually. Uh, I can't believe I'm quoting Carl Jung on this <laughs> podcast. But Carl Jung, um, he said that uh, depression is anger turned inward. And one of the big problems I think we have a lot of times is, and you nailed it, I mean, which is just we're sitting there with family and friends and we're having to put on fake smiles. <laughs> we're having to pretend that things are okay when in the end they're not really okay. And so sometimes when you stuff all that down, it can cause resentment. It can cause maybe even depression. Absolutely. Man, I, I think uh, you and Carl just nailed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Me and Carl. Yeah. And – so many times, anger is a secondary emotion. It comes right behind hurt or sadness. Um, That's good. Yeah. And so, as anger kind of comes out of our own hurt and sadness, and then we're forced into situations where we have to sort of play nice or put on a good face, um, and we end up stuffing that anger back down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, depression. So, Mallory, um, some people have experienced some profound loss during Christmas time, right? I mean, we, yeah. you know, I have this incredible privilege of being part of people's um, best parts of their life and the worst parts of their life. You know, I'm there for the birth, I'm there for, uh, you know, the the baptisms, and yet I'm also there for the burials. And sometimes people have lost someone; they've lost a child or a spouse, and Christmas just isn't Christmas anymore for them because they've associated all these memories and it. It's challenging because we have kind of like a pass-through culture when it comes to grieving. We want people to just pass through it as quickly as possible mm-hmm. and get over it. When really sometimes what's necessary is that they sit in that grief for a season, that they just experience it, not to try to bypass it, but in order to get through it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, sit, sitting in your grief and allowing yourself to go through the different stages that you're going to experience in that process is absolutely key. And you don't have to feel the pressure to, to live up to the holiday moment. Right. It's okay. It's okay to grieve where you need to grieve. You know, actually this makes me think of a story when I was in Africa, I had been there for about a year. I left, uh, right before Christmas time. And this was about a year into my time over there and Christmas was upon us again. And so I decided I wanted to, uh, go out with a couple buddies and, uh, we were just going to kind of do the Christmas thing in Africa, um, <laughs> and they wanted to go bowling. But Elf, ha- <laughs> <laughs> all of that sounded amazing, right? I want to do Christmas uh, in Africa and bowling. Yes, yes. they want they want to go bowling, and uh, but Elf had just come out, uh, the movie Elf <laughs> with Will Ferrell, <laughs> and uh, 
And uh, I'm like, you guys are crazy, man. I'm going to go watch the new Christmas movie um, in, the, in the movie theater. And they're like, okay, well, we'll meet up. We'll meet up afterwards. And uh, as I said at the very beginning of the podcast, my time in Africa was tough. My time overseas was tough. There was a lot of culture shock there, which basically means talking about adjustments. I was not adjusting well to to a new culture. It was it, it was it was difficult for me. Uh, mainly the lack of access to healthcare. Right. Um, seeing so true. Yeah, seeing babies pass away because of dehydration, things that just right. really doesn't happen often here. But either way, I'm. I go buy my ticket to get in to see Elf. I'm a little excited. I, I wished I was with my friends, but I'm I'm still a little bit excited. So I go into the movie theater. I don't know. It's like 10, 15 minutes before the movie, and I'm like the only person in the theater. Uh, and so I, I get my seat. I'm like, great. I'll get a great seat. So sent kind of halfway up in the middle. I'm sitting there. Five, 10 minutes goes by. The movie's about to start. I am still the only person in the movie theater. <laughs> And the movie starts. It's because everyone was bowling. Everybody was bowling. Yeah. They're like, we don't do movies. We go bowl. So as I'm sitting there, this really heavy, heavy sense of I am alone on Christmas Eve began to come over me. Wow. And I just kind of started tearing up. And the next thing you know, I'm crying and I'm sitting there like, wow. you know, I miss my mom and dad and I miss my brother and, you know, what's going on? And. It was one of those experiences where it's like this moment feels much bigger than what's, what I'm actually going through right right here. Right. And so I think it was this sort of experience of being away from family for a year, not really seeing anybody for a year. I spent a lot of my time in the villages, and so I had been alone most of that year. And it just kind of all came out in this movie theater right on Christmas Eve. And... Instead of trying to, you know, I didn't run out of the theater or anything like that. I just kind of sat with it and let myself uh, feel that grief and then met up with my buddies. And I was just like, guys, I need to, I need to talk. I got some things going on and just kind of talk to them for a little bit. And they're able to help me get, get through that. So um, not to compare that to someone who suffered the loss of a, of a spouse or a child by any means. But I think the idea is you do, you do, you need to give yourself permission to be wherever you're at emotionally. And if you can, if you can find some people that, that, that are safe for you and you can trust and that will come around you and love you and support you, that's where you need to be. I think you're exactly right. I I think you really hit on a, on a key point too. Loss um, is always lonely. One of the descriptions of loss is that, I, something's been taken from me, you know, and especially if it's a core relationship, you know, like a marriage or a son or a daughter or something, something terrible, God forbid, happens like that. And a person finds themselves feeling alone. You hit it right on the head. And that is, we've got to find other people. We've got to connect. You can't isolate. You can't sit by yourself. You are not alone. I mean, every single person listening right now is not alone. God's with them, but also God gave us each other. So a big piece of that is, how do I get through the season? I get through the season by spending time with other people. I get through the season by serving, by putting myself in a position of purpose and not just living out of, you know, the brokenness of the past. But man, do we have to sit there and feel that sometimes. And there's no there's no cheap seat way out of that. There's no easy way out of that. You man, can't skirt right. it. No, there's no you can't. You can't. You just got you you just kind of kind of go need to go through it. So, let's talk about let's kind of move from this to uh Let's talk about a couple of other things, just maybe like once or two. Like there's a lot of commercialization of Christmas, which is not the best part of Christmas. It's not about the, you know, receiving, because the Bible even says it's better to give than to receive, right? There's some kind of 
purposeful giving that uh, that does something wonderful to our hearts, but the world is a commercialized world. And so we live in that kind of world, and it feels like that world's constantly giving us massive expectations on what we have to do for our kids, what we have to do for our wife and our husband. I mean, you watch television right now, and they've got these Tiffany commercials, and she's happy because she gets this incredibly, amazingly, incredibly expensive gift. Absolutely. You know, and all of that sends a message to us that if we can't provide those things, we're not enough. That's right. Yeah. I also, I mean, I think, you know, tis the season, right, for for joy and happiness and uh right. We have done a great job of commercializing joy and happiness, for sure. Yeah. If I want my kids to have the best present ever, or sorry, the best uh, Christmas ever, then I got to get them the right gifts. Um, you know, it's almost unthinkable to to imagine that we could go through a Christmas without you know giving giving lots of gifts. Right. But ultimately, I mean, that is that that that's what our uh, that's what our society wants to promise is that the things around you, the things that you can buy, the things that you can give to others, is what's going to make them happy. Yes. And ultimately, our happiness and our joy is never going to be rooted in those things outside of ourselves, especially those right. things that um, that we could purchase with money. Yeah, I mean, the scriptures teach us that ultimately our satisfaction is in Christ. You mm-hmm. know that that at the end of the day, um, no amount of commercialization, no amount of purchasing, no amount of this or that is ever going to uh, is ever going to fix the the problems in our hearts. It's ever going to make us whole, and it's certainly going to add and pile on expectations. Full circle now, going back to expectations, you know, it's never, it's never going to make us um, satisfied with who we are and get rid of the intense expectations that we have. Yeah. So that, I mean, that kind of reminds me of a story. Um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, the commercialization was very important because, you know, as a mm-hmm. kid, you want all the toys, you want all the stuff. And my parents would give us amazing Christmases with all kinds of stuff. But after I got all these incredible things that I asked for throughout the year, um, after I got all of the presents that I wanted, after I got all of the fun, I would be so sad the very next day that it was all gone, you know? Oh, man. Just, there's like always this post-Christmas, you know, disappointment that takes yeah. place. All the Atari games in the world. Yeah, couldn't. that's right. Well, that's right. You know, Atari, that's, that's right. right. Atari games, asteroids and everything. You know, I loved all that stuff. And we got that stuff. But at the end of the day, it doesn't feed the heart. It doesn't feed the soul. You know, our relationship with Jesus is front and center at all times. And Christmas, we need to be reminded, is about Jesus. You know, it's the constant reminder that he came into our life to save us, to die for us. And while we may be depressed at times, and that's okay, and we filled with anxiety at times, that's all right. Um, we point ourselves towards Jesus. And Jesus begins that process, both of receiving us uh, and loving us and creating the context and the grounds by which we can begin to grow and change and become the people that God wants us to be. Mallory, thank you for being with me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. It's been a good pleasure. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we're at an end of another podcast. I want to encourage you to rate, review, and share this podcast wherever you listen. This is Pastor Mike. Remember, Pastor Clint and Pastor Grant are celebrating in the villages. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope to see you this weekend online or at a Grace campus near you. Get all the details and more resources at discovergrace.com.